Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds with Lee and Shea Preston, directors of Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We pray those who feel forgotten by Christ or who don't feel worthy to call upon the name of Jesus can come to find His hope, His grace, His healing, and ultimately, His love. Let's listen in as Lee and Shay seek to offer real answers to life's tough questions. Well, welcome and good evening. And uh, we are excited about starting a new year. Congratulations, uh, Shay, and, and on this uh, brand new start of 2015. Well, Happy New Year, and it's good to be here. We're just glad to be kicking off 2015. You're uh Getting in touch here with uh, Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. And uh, here we sure try and offer real answers to life's tough questions. And we are uh, uh, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry, www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com. We are a healing and prayer ministry, counseling ministry here in South Texas, and would be glad to help if you have anything you struggle with. Uh, please don't hesitate to look us up. We're also a call-in show. Tonight is a, a call-in show, and we are going to be trying to tackle one of what I believe is life's most difficult uh, topics and most difficult questions right right now, and that is folks who struggle with transgender issues. Uh, their gender identity is confused, and so they may have been born a girl and want to be a boy, or they may have been born a boy and want to be a girl. And so we're going to try and look at that tonight in light of the recent suicide of uh, uh, Joshua Alcorn. And so we want to just offer whatever insights we may have and open the lines uh, tonight to talk about this issue. Our number is 210-340-9585. That's locally 340 340- Nine five eight five. We'd welcome your calls, and we're going to kind of try to jump in here. Well, and I just think it's, I think it's really important to, to dialogue and to ask questions and to talk about these issues. Uh, as tough as it is, it's a very tough and sad, sad situation. But it's, um, it's something that really needs to be looked at, and I think that it's important that people. Just step out and and start asking some questions and just talking about it. Absolutely, because if we don't talk, we won't understand. And if we don't understand, we don't know what to do. So we want to be able to do that. Well, and it doesn't go away. That's right. And we didn't really get a chance to pray before we started tonight. So I'm just going to offer prayer real quick before we jump in. Sounds good. So, Father, I just praise you for, first of all, being our creator of knowing us and knowing us personally and perfectly. You know, the Bible says that you formed us in our mother's womb even before, even before time. You knew us and you knew each part of us and all of our innermost parts. You know them. And so I just pray for the Alcorn family. I pray for the remaining siblings and for the mom and dad. And I just pray for anyone who might be struggling out there with their identity and with their gender. Father, it isn't that it's us against them. And I just pray for that right now. 
I pray that you'd help folks understand it is not a we against you or an us against them. It is just a we get it. We understand the struggle. We understand parts of the struggle. We understand what it feels like to not fit. And so all we want to do, Jesus, is just offer hope to a world that doesn't really know what to do and doesn't know really how to handle things. And so we just pray tonight for your words and your wisdom and your Holy Spirit to just speak because you know exactly what to say. And unfortunately for some listening, it may not be exactly what they want to hear, but we just pray for truth. That's exactly what we want is just truth. Truth that loves, truth that never gives up, and truth that consistently reminds us of who we really are. And so I thank you, Jesus, for just loving us exactly where we are and then working in our hearts to try to get us where you want us to be. And we praise you ahead of time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, as I said, we are going to try and talk a little bit tonight about folks who might struggle with uh, gender identity issues, struggles with uh, feeling as if they just don't fit in the body that God gave them. And I just want to offer to folks listening, um, while I know I can speak for myself, I never thought about becoming a girl. I did at times dress in girls' clothing as I was growing up, and so... It was, uh, it was something that I understood not fitting in. And there were times that I realized that I didn't fit. And I felt that internal struggle of not fitting. Uh, I, I really praised the Lord because at some point around my 14th or 15th birthday, um, he began to work in that and I began to feel less like dressing in, in girls' clothes. But, it was really an adventure for me because uh, I look back on that now and I get a, I remember glimpses of understanding what it feels like, but having not ever hated myself that much to where I wanted to be somebody different. But that is what we're trying to talk about tonight is just folks who feel as if they don't fit and where it may lead. And I don't know if you wanted to just give a little bit of the background of why we're choosing the subject um, for folks that may not have heard or read. Sure. If you haven't read or heard, uh, there's a young man who I believe he's in Ohio, lived in Ohio, uh, who uh, uh, committed suicide. He stepped out in front of a Mack truck trailer and killed himself and left behind a suicide note saying that, among other things, that it was because of his gender identity struggle and because of his parents' lack of acceptance that led him to choose to kill himself. And our hearts go out to the Alcorn family because we want to remember first and foremost that they're parents that love their son and who've lost their son. And there are siblings who've lost their son, their brother. And so we pray for them personally. I pray personally for them because uh, we want to remember them just in their loss, no matter what others think about what might have should happen or what, why it, there might be some sort of issues there in the family, we can't forget that this is a mom and a dad and a family who's lost a sibling. And so we really want to just let them know and let other folks know that our hearts and our prayers do definitely, it's not just a word, it's truth. We do feel for them. Amen. Amen. And, you know, as I was kind of, reading over this stuff and kind of 
pondering. I was thinking, you know, the 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 mom, she kept saying that she would express to her son how she loved him unconditionally. And I kept thinking about how difficult it is, even as a teenager, um, just emotions and, you know, having having issues, transgender issues at such a young age. I think when he came out and talked to them about it, he was 14. And, you know, they expressed to him that they loved him unconditionally, irregardless. I mean, they didn't approve you know, because of the religious beliefs. And I was thinking, you know, how difficult it is at the age of 14 to even really know and understand unconditional love. I mean, I think back, you know, on when I was a teenager, and I don't think I really knew. I don't think I knew what unconditional love was until I was a parent. I mean, yeah, until I was a mom, you know. And so I think at the age of 14, you know, I think it, you know, sometimes it may just seem like, you know, I don't agree with you. And so I disapprove of you. And so it's just negative. And I, it just saddens me, you know, that how do you show your kids? How do you bring your children up to know what unconditional love is? Do you have any thoughts? Well, I think it's a process, you know. I think a 14-year-old may have a really hard time understanding what unconditional love is. But I think as you grow and as you begin to see that your parents are there for you no matter what, and, and something that I think is important to note there is being there for your child is not always agreeing with what they say. Sometimes it's just being there and being able to disagree, but loving them anyway. You know, I, I know we hear that a lot from from struggle uh, folks who struggle who come in, even who are beyond the age of 18. Well, if my mom really loved me or if my dad really loved me, they would accept me as gay. Uh, but what they tell me is, is that, you know, they love me, but they'll never accept that I'm gay. Well... Isn't that a bit interesting that we, you know, that, that someone would say, you have to accept me in whatever I do, and therefore I'll know you love me. But love isn't that, isn't like that. Love is, I love you no matter what, but I may not agree with what you say or, or with what you do. And I think that's an, the, the difficult thing with unconditional love is unconditional love. Jesus loves me unconditionally, but he doesn't always agree with the choices I make. And so that's love. Love is, I will accept you, but I may not want you to do what you're doing, or I may not see it the same way as you do. Right. And so I think unconditional love is something that comes as we grow and as we start to love others. And I don't know too many 14-year-olds who have that kind of love, who are able to even see it, you know, what that love looks like. Um, you know, 14 years old is a, is a really crazy time. You know, for anyone going through struggles with their identity versus even if it wasn't gender identity, just identity alone. Uh, I, I've, I've noticed many 14 year olds who go through just struggles of knowing who they are and, 
and still sometimes not fitting. Even though the mo- there may be the, what, the most popular kid on campus, they still struggle with fitting in and and do I know you know do I fit and am I friends with people and what happens when today I'm a friend and tomorrow I'm not a friend and it changes so quickly. You know that's the struggle of just being a teenager. And I can't imagine having gender issues on top of that and just feeling absolutely stuck in the wrong body on top of that. Right. And so I think it's interesting to just begin looking at that. We do want your comments and your feedback. Uh, You're welcome to call in at 210-340-9585. And again, this isn't about trying to to say that 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 transgender is either wrong or right you know if you've listened long enough to us you're going to find that we believe that it isn't god's best to change your gender that god made us he made us perfectly and when he made us perfectly then if i don't feel comfortable about my gender if i don't feel like i fit in my body then there may be a brokenness there that i need to look at but that's what we believe. And so it really isn't about discussing or arguing that particular point. It's trying to figure out what do we do in a world where a 14-year-old feels so alone and so out of out of order, I guess, or, or he just doesn't fit in his own life, his own body in, enough to where he would kill himself and a parent is made to look like the the villain because they should have done something to help him fit. I just think that's kind of what we're looking at today. Well, and it is it's a hard place. I mean, because as a parent, you you know, you you want to raise your children up to be to be able to think when they become an adult and to be able to make decisions. And, you know, I just, I wonder, you know, I know that at the age of 14, you know, talking to a parent about, you know, making the financial decision when you have three other siblings or even if you don't have any other siblings, but to make the financial decision to begin going through transgender therapy and and uh, all of that, you know, it's a costly thing, you know. And, you know, how do you do that as a parent? How do you make a decision to to let your child get a tattoo, to get piercings, to get, you know, any of those things? I mean, you know, sometimes it's, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what my belief is, what I see, and but at the at the age where you become your adult and you can make your own decisions, you know, then then you can do that, you know, if you still feel that way. Sure. Well, and I think, you know, kind of what we're laying out for this particular conversation, this discussion is is there are some folks who are calling for these parents to be indicted uh, on, manslaughter. on manslaughter charges or at least neglectful death kinds of issues. And what we're trying to walk through is, you know, here's a, a set of parents who pretty 
outrightly said we didn't agree with it. Our belief in the Lord didn't allow us to believe that he, you know, was born in the wrong body. And so I, I guess the discussion we're having is, is what do you do as a parent when you see the world from your perspective, which is from some age and some wisdom, and yet a 14-year-old sees it from a completely different perspective and demands that you either help him get a sex change or he'll kill himself. And, and I know that's a devastating place because I see how devastated he was. And I mean no disrespect to his death. What I do want to try to talk about is what do parents do? Because if you're listening right now and you're a parent or you go to church or you have beliefs that say that God doesn't make mistakes in this particular area, we are slowly losing our ability to choose as parents how to try to best help our kids make choices because there are laws coming into effect across the country that now say teenagers can't be provided counseling on their issues of either homosexuality or gender issues unless it's pro-gender issue or pro-homosexuality. Well, and I think it's interesting, though, that a lot of times in the, in the statistics, you know, it's not even addressed how many suicides... Um, come about from people that have actually gone through sex changes. I mean, there are statistics for that. There are statistics as far as, um, as far as people that have gone through that and are saying, you know what? I'm still not happy. You know, one of the things I just, can I read real quick about, there was, uh, one thing that was noted in his suicide note that I thought was, you know, it was pretty powerful. It says, either I live the rest of my life as a lonely man who wishes he were a woman, or I live my life as a lonelier woman who hates, hate, who hates herself. You know, that's just a sad place. It's a sad place. It's a place of just depression and, you know, and like I said, you know, just, he was, he was 17. You know, so it's just at that age where you just kind of question everything. You know, you you see yourself and you compare yourself with your peers. You compare yourself and he if he's comparing himself with his male peers and then he compares himself with his female peers and he's just confused. He's gender confused. And so, um, I mean, he just needed some help. Well, and I really want listeners, hopefully, to understand the devastation of that place. You know, if we took the issue of, of, of his transgender issues out of it, he's a pretty, he's a pretty hopeless young man. And that's what suicide, that's when suicide becomes an option, is when you feel absolutely no hope. But if you hear in what he wrote there, what you're hearing is, is I don't see happiness either way. And that's why we believe that we'd sure like, I mean, it would have been a wonderful thing if he could have at least talked to somebody, you know, to be offered some help of not necessarily let's run out and get a, 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 an operation, but let's just talk about who you are. Let's talk about the great things you are. I noticed that his mom quoted at some point that I just want everyone to know the other side of our son. 
he was a great musician and a great writer, I believe is what she said. Right. And so those are all the great things that Joshua is. I know he, he wanted to go by Leela, but I will still call him Joshua at this point. But he's, there's so many things ahead of him. But as we all know at 14, sometimes you just can't see those things. And I think it's more important to concentrate on the issues of how could we have helped him see all the things he is except for this struggle versus just concentrate on the struggle and, well, if you'd let him change his sex, he would have been happy. Right. Well, and I just want to offer to to folks that, you know, if you're in this situation and you have, you know, a family member, whether it's a child, a parent, a sibling, you know, whatever the situation is and you're wanting to get them some help, you know, it's really important to to find people in the field that have worked in this and that are really familiar with, you know, with what they're saying and to make sure that they're going to be speaking truth. And when I say truth, what I mean is is who the person is. He's a wonderful musician. He's a wonderful artist. You know, sometimes the the fact of of my sexuality becomes so paramount that you don't see anything else. I mean, I've been there. Me too. You know? And it becomes so paramount that that you only see yourself as what you're referred to sexually. And that's not reality. I mean, you can't live in reality when you're living by your sexuality. And so, you know, it's just important. And if you need help finding somebody, you can always go to our website. It's www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com. And also, we again want to invite folks to call in if we'd love to hear from you and just kind of dialogue about this and hear what your thoughts are. Our number is 340-9585. And in case you're listening and you'd like a toll-free number, our toll-free number is 877-630-5757. Again, we'd be glad to hear from you. You know, that whole struggle with... You know, understanding who a person is, is, is just interesting at 14 to 17. A teenager just can't make that decision. And that's why it is so important for a, for a parent to say, you know, hold on, honey. I'll help you. I'll walk you through this and let's see how to help. Because that's the important place is how do I help you? Even though you may not understand what to do at this point, I will help you along. I think we have a caller. So while we're waiting for the caller, um, and after we come back from the break, I will give some statistics that uh, I wanted to offer, and we will talk a little bit more about um, about suicide. I do want to say, you know, I understand. You know, I, I've heard it from many folks, and in my opinion, I've I've heard this thing about I just don't fit so many times that I just want to offer to folks that not fitting is not just about sexuality. There are a lot of teenagers who struggle with trying to fit, and I don't know how many uh, teenagers I've worked with personally who had no issues with their sexuality but came to see me because they just didn't know how to fit. 
either they had different beliefs than their friends or their friends wanted to to do drugs and they didn't or they wanted to drink and they didn't or they wanted to drink and their friends didn't or they don't fit in because they didn't make the cheerleading squad or they don't fit in because they're on B-string football. You know, not fitting is the broken place here. It isn't necessarily that it's all relying upon his sexuality. It's more upon just how broken he felt at this point. So what we want to do is try to help those people who don't fit. So come back after the break. We'll keep talking. Please call in 340-9585 if you have some comments about this issue. And we'll look forward to hearing from you. My life and my heart, your love is done its part. Welcome back. You're uh, listening with Lee and Shay with Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. Uh, we are a 501c3 nonprofit ministry looking to try to help folks find freedom from the things that we struggle with in this world. We offer counseling and healing and prayer, and uh, we just uh, we just want you to know that we're here. If there's someone struggling with anything tonight, we'd be glad to talk. We also want to say that we offer our counseling and our ministry services um, on a donation basis. So it is, we leave it up to the Lord to decide how, how much you can afford. So if you have an issue that you'd like to get help with, please don't hesitate to call in or to uh, email us at info at shadowofhiswingsministry.com. We'd be glad to help. Tonight we're looking at transgendered issues, issues of what happens when someone struggles with their identity. You know, it's, uh, I think one of the biggest struggles right now is, is, um, trying to figure out what does a parent do when their child is saying, I don't want to be a boy and they were born a boy or I don't want to be a girl and they were born a girl. You know, what do you do with that? Um, I know in the, what we're talking about tonight is the Alcorn case. Joshua, uh, also known as Leela Alcorn, who, um, people right now are saying, some people are saying that the Alcorn parents should be indicted on manslaughter. And, uh, we're here to say, what does a parent do at a, at 14 when a child says, I don't want to do this or I don't want to be this or I don't know how to be who I am? And so it's our assertion that, you know, a parent should still have at least some right to be able to say we wanted to get our child help, all help, not just, oh, well, we must make him 
different. We must offer him a surgery or we must get him to someone who can prove that he really was meant to be a girl. But what if there's something out there that might help in his healing that would help him to be content with who he was? And and so just looking at those issues of being transgendered and and struggling with gender issues, not necessarily being transgendered, but struggling with gender issues. I think one of the biggest issues that we that we look at with teens is not fitting. And what do you do when a kid doesn't fit? Right. And I think you were when we started to take the break, you were getting ready to talk about some of the statistics Um just actually for for that whole not even fitting in that age um when you even take the gender issue out of it it's just hard age from i think some of the statistics are from the age of 10 to 24 absolutely well let me just read one of the statistics this is from the centers for disease control it says suicide is the third leading cause of death among 10 to 24 24-year-olds. So suicide in and of itself for all issues is the third leading cause of death among 10 to 24-year-olds. So that makes that age bracket a very difficult age bracket. And that's not even with the... That's right. That's not even considering any transgendered issues. That's just all issues lumped together. Everything together makes that the the third leading cause of death among 10 to 24-year-olds. Which shows that... That is just hard. It's a hard age. It's a trying age. I don't know if, you know, if you're a parent out there or you're an old adult out there, you know, if you just think back of how it was as you were, you know, from the ages of 12 to 18, even 12 to 16, especially, you know, it's just difficult. It's difficult, you know, when you start having all the gym issues and your sexuality is you know, changing your hormones and all of those things. And I'm, again, I'm not saying this is a gender issue. I'm saying that it's a issue for teenagers. Absolutely. And, and we talked about this earlier. So I'm, I'm hoping it's okay to ask you, what would, what do you think you would have done if one of our kids had come to you at 14 and said, I don't want to be a boy or I don't want to be a girl? Well, you did ask me that earlier, and I had a difficult time answering that. But you had some good things to say. What would you do? I think I would, first and foremost, I would stress to them that I love them. And again, here I am saying, you know, that's that unconditional parent love, you know, and... You know, if I were to do it today, you know, as somebody that is not in the lifestyle, because back when when my children were that age, I was in the lifestyle. So I may have approached it differently because because I think I was just kind of whatever, you know. But I think I probably would not have approved because I know that I kind of went through that whole, you know, wanting the piercings and getting piercings in the the school bathroom, you know, that was kind of a horrendous thing, you know, it was like, no, you don't let somebody just pierce you in the bathroom at school, you know, and the wanting tattoos, and I, even to those things, 
even as a person that was in the lifestyle and, and, you know, just pretty free thinking. I was a pretty free thinker, but I still, something that would change their body and knowing that as an adult, they may look at it differently, you know, things like piercings or even if, if it were to be, hey, changing my, my sex, you know, I probably would have said, you know, I love you, but that would be something you'd have to decide as an adult. Absolutely. And, and I think that is exactly where I would stand as well. And, and you know what? I just want to offer, maybe there's some folks out there listening who, who are a parent and have some, uh, have some thoughts on this. Or maybe you're listening and you absolutely disagree with us. We'd love to hear from you. We want a dialogue about this issue. The number is 340-9585. You know, I think, uh, I think in, I might even step out on a limb here. And say, should it be illegal for someone to get a a sex change operation or even to begin hormone therapy until they're at least 18 years of age? Well, I think that it should. I mean, because really, you know, in all actuality, what do you really know about yourself as a teenager? You know, when I really wonder when I hear somebody say, you know, I've known such and such since I was four years old, five years old, you know, as long, you know, since I was born. You know, I really question that. Because, you know, because especially when it comes to sexuality, you know, it's how do you know this? I mean, you're just learning about your sexuality. You know, hormones haven't even kicked in. Right, and that's at 14. That's not at four. Correct. You know, I look back on my own life, and I remember feeling different at three and four years old. And with folks I've worked with who struggle with homosexuality, as we've gone back to that place and looked at three and four years old, they can say, I felt different. But they generally find that they never really felt gay. They just felt like they didn't fit. And I think that is the big issue. It's just not fitting. You may feel different at three and four years old. You may not feel like it's something that you fit in, in your own gender or your own group of whether it's all the boys on the playground or all the girls on the playground. But I think it's very important to know, I mean, and I've seen this outright in our kids and raising my own kids and and our grandkids, four-year-olds don't know their gender they're just beginning to know their gender by the age of seven and eight years old. All they know is that girls are a little bit different than boys, but they don't understand sex. They don't understand identity. And so certainly, you know, how do we know that folks who struggle with transgender issues haven't been somehow socialized at three and four years old to feel more connected with mom or the feminine and or maybe it's a daughter who's more connected to her dad and the masculine you know and so to allow a 14 year old uh or even a 17 year old to really make that final decision about i'm going to get a sex change or mom and dad why don't you let me have a sex change operation at 14 why don't you accept me then I just think that could be devastating because how many of us have made horrible decisions at 14 years old that we still look back on and say, wow, if I'd had it to do all over again. Now, if he really chose to continue to dress, you know, as a girl at 14, 
you know, as a parent, I don't know that I could do anything about that. I would love him and encourage him and continue to just show him my unconditional love. I might, I might feel like, wow, you know, you're making life very hard on yourself because now you're having to figure out how to fit in as a boy dressing as a girl. But, you know, I don't know that we have to keep them from dressing that way, but, but to allow the actual to say, we're going to, we're going to say to these parents, they were bad parents for saying, we want to see what other options are out there, other chances to heal you. I just think people have the right to choose some healing for their kid up until the time he chooses at 18 or as an adult to choose what he really wants to do. Sure. So if you have any thoughts on that, please don't hesitate to call in, 340-9585. I'm just telling you, listeners, you know, we are in the midst of of a tug of war uh, because as as people who love the Lord and try and seek his best, it is getting harder and harder to try to help folks who do want freedom from homosexuality or or freedom from gender identity issues. It's getting harder and harder to help them because of the gay agenda, because of this belief that we can't you can't help them because they were born this way. We actually have more struggles with people who come to us now and say, I couldn't find anybody to help me. I could only find people who would tell me that I was born gay or I was born transgendered. And I just want to tell a little story about a great friend of mine who's who's both the, actually a friend of both of ours who's recently passed away about a year ago. He was actually uh, the president of our board for Shadow of His Wings Ministry for five years, I believe. And we'll just call him Mondo. He's since passed to be with the Lord. But Mondo was just a super, super guy. Uh, but he also was a guy who lived as a woman for, I believe, 36 years, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. And had gone through some of the, the hormone therapy and had gone through some of the, the actual surgery. And he hadn't completed it. And for the last, I believe, 15 years of his life, he lived as a man. He turned He turned to go back to his original gender, a male. And he lived that way for the last 15 years of his life. And I just want to offer to you, I wish he were here because he could give great insight into just what it felt like to come home. He just would give great insight and great truth to what it felt like the day he realized that God didn't make a mistake. And this is from a man who'd lived as a woman, who who worked as a woman, who lived as a woman, who related as a woman for 36 years of his of his life. And yet when you saw him and when you could talk to him about what it felt like to realize that God hadn't made a mistake and that he was truly born a boy, it, it was just you could see the light in his eyes. You could just see freedom. He had found freedom. And I just pray for folks like Joshua Alcorn. I pray that freedom for them. Because this isn't about we have to hurry up and get you to a doctor to change your sexuality. This is about finding freedom, finding healing from the brokenness. You know, another statistic that I wanted to share real quick is uh, this is from a, a person we know. Her name is Denise Schick. And she actually is the executive director for Help for Families. Uh, it's just help, the number four families. 
And uh, this is her statistic. It says more than 50% of transgendered youth will have at least one suicide attempt by the age of 20 years old. So transgendered folks struggle. They struggle with who they are. They struggle with their identity. They struggle with accepting themselves. They struggle with other people accepting them. So, you know, in my opinion, to try to blame this on these parents who were trying to do the best they could for their son is just a travesty. And parents, if you're listening out there, we as parents should all be joining and saying, you know what? It'd be one thing if he were 18 and they were locking him up in his room, keeping him from getting help. But they tried to get him the best help they knew how. And so I just offer to you that, you know, I feel for folks struggling with their gender. I've been there. I understand it. It's a struggle. It feels as if you don't know where you fit. But I'm just asking, you know, for us to kind of join in prayer for these folks and for and for folks who struggle with gender issues because it is a struggle. And and what we're wanting for them is freedom, not to to condemn them to more bondage. Is God the great God who redeems all? Sure. Just as we saw in Mondo's life, God redeemed him even after living for 36 years as a woman. God can come, it can bring us back from anything. But I feel for Joshua Alcorn because I would have loved for him to see the hope that God has for, had for him and still has for him. Amen. Because he had great hope for Joshua. And whether Joshua could see it in that moment, that's the permanence of suicide. Suicide takes all hope away. And so I'm more concerned that someone would get so distraught that they would go to suicide versus trying to, trying to heal, you know, trying to get to some healing. And so I just pray for, for folks who struggle. And I, and I just, I just want, I just want to offer that prayer up to people who do struggle because it's important for us to let you all know whether you're a family member or you're a, uh, a person who struggles with your sexuality or your gender, we want you to know that we care and that we're here to help. We we may not give you the answers that you're looking for if you want to go straight to surgery, but we do believe in trying to help you find healing. I think we have a caller on. Yes, you're on the air with Lee and Shay. Go ahead. Hi, Lee. Yeah, my name's Tom. Hi, Tom. Yeah, look, I am... Um... I guess one of the things that I had a question about Lee was, you, you know, you talked about your former life and, you know, then you got redeemed and saved and you went through a lot. What is it like? How does the gay community receive you in general now? Good you question. Know, because, <laughs> because you know what you've done is, I mean, you, in a sense, you kind of take the wind out of their sail because you, you can say, yes, I was there. And yeah, it was really, really hard. But God saved me because a lot of times it'll be like, well, you don't know what it's like to be gay or you don't know what it's like to be black or, you know. So how, how does that work for you with the gay community? Is it a lot of resistance? Is it mixed? Well, you know what, Tom, as Shay said, that's a good question. For both she and I coming out of that lifestyle, um, we've actually come up against a lot of, um, just a lot of bad feelings towards us because they believe that we're just living a lie. 
and we've been told by many that that we're just living a lie that that oh somehow you pray the gay away is what they use a lot and and one thing we finally you know we came to one time as we were talking before a group of students at a local university and we had a group of students come up afterwards and say you know it's fine if that's what you believe but that's not who we are and you should give both sides of the coin you should have somebody up there who is gay and who's fu- who's happy with being gay at least to give both sides of the coin and and all we could say is is you know why would we do that cuz we don't believe that that's a true happiness and you can't take away our story our story is a story of a de- redemption and you can't take away our story we're that's not right. going to believe the way you believe and our story is not your story so we will tell our story and if you decide to tell yours that's up to you but all we've tried to show people is is that there is always hope and and that you know the whole the whole gay community's number one issue is pressing up against the belief that we were born this way and yet our story tells that we weren't born this way and so they don't really like that and that's the, i think the whole struggle with what we're trying to get across tonight is you know if we're not careful uh, if we don't stand for something, then the gay community will begin to take away all of the rights of those people who might want to find freedom. Because what they're trying to do is say, you don't, you shouldn't have a choice to get help. You should only be gay. Yeah, well, I really hope that you get more people in your camp and quite frankly, more people that have had your history so that you can, you know, build the momentum. Well, there's a, there is a guy out there and I'm going to pronounce his name wrong. I think it's Dallas Home. Yes. And, um, you know, one of the things that he mentioned, and he, he, he didn't talk about being born gay, but he sort of said, well, let's say that you were born gay. What about if you're born obese or what about if you're born with an angry temper? You don't see us saying, okay, let's fill your refrigerator. Absolutely. Everybody, everybody jumps on them. Everybody jumps on and says, let's get him some help. Let's get some recovery. Or with an angry temper, we have anger management. So... And then uh, he also went on to say, you know, every one of us is born with a sin nature. Sure. So, hey, you know, even if if you were to say that you were born gay, well, I'm born with a sin nature. I got my ugly, ugly struggles, too. And by God's grace, he sanctifies me day by day. Sure. I don't know if that... I don't know if that holds much weight. Well, and Tom, I just wanted to add to you, kind of from my side of the story, is that, you know, that really hits really close to my heart when you ask, you know, what happens after you, you know, you, you switch from that lifestyle into the heterosexual lifestyle. And I had some very, de- very dear friends. I mean, as, you know, living in that lifestyle for 17 years, you know, you refer to each other as family. Yeah. And, you know, so I felt like I had a lot of family. You know, my entire family was based on that lifestyle. Yeah. And, but after I, after I got married, uh, it was really interesting because, you know, there were times you know, I was not against anybody. I was not telling anybody that their lifestyle was wrong. They were just friends of mine. And so I would contact them like at Christmas time and say, hey, 
how are you doing? And I invite them over, you know, and I'd love to see you. And, you know, it's just you, I got a lot of backs turned on my life and, and just people that I used to felt feel like were very dear and close friends, but just um, just turned their backs on me. And well, I, what's I, really kind of, well, maybe not, maybe so, it kind of implies in that from their perspective, their friendship with you was based on the sexual identity then because exactly you no longer have that. And, and that's, that's not what, really true friendship either, is it? I I agree, and that's what I used to say. You know, tolerance, it's interesting. I have seen that tolerance goes one way. Uh, yeah. You know, the yeah. tolerance, and I will, I'll, talk, I'll talk to people in that lifestyle and say, I have seen that tolerance only goes one way because they do not accept me since I have, I have changed and I'm not in that lifestyle anymore. But they yeah, don't want to see ironic. that. People do not want to see that. Yeah, well, you know, we do have an enemy out there, too, don't we? Absolutely, Amen. absolutely. I, I can imagine the enemy, with all due respect, <laughs> probably a compliment, hates on you guys so much. Hey, we feel it sometimes, but we're we're glad to be in the battle. Thanks so much, Tom. We're running out of time, so I sure appreciate your call. Thank you. Thank God bless you. Well, we're glad you joined us tonight. We're running out of time, but I really do just want to thank you for joining us. We hope that you will keep thinking about these things. And join us next week. And remember, we're Shadow of His Wings Ministry, www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com. If you have anything you need to get help with or you'd like to ask some questions, please don't hesitate to visit our website and email us. We'd love to hear from you. God bless you, and we'll see you next week. Your love has done its part. Let him reign in my life and my heart. Thank you for listening to Healing Hidden Wounds, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We hope through the words spoken here, you found Christ's hope, healing, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry, and this radio show is listener-supported. Please go to www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate if you'd like to support the work we do.